Good morning. So glad you're here. My name's Adam. We're so pleased that you are gathering with us as we can at this time. Today, as I look at some scriptures, tell some stories, I feel a great sense of importance that God wants to give you a gift. I feel that God wants to give you something. I don't know who's watching this, where it's going in the world, but I believe that there are some people today that are listening that need to hear and need to receive, not my words, my ideas, or my understandings of scriptures, but I believe that God wants to give you a gift. So may I encourage you not just to listen in terms of, I wonder if this appeals or entertains, but listen because I believe God wants to give you something this morning. This week, we're at week four of this kind of mini-series. We've been looking at this passage in Psalms that kind of describes the world that we're living in right now. Psalm 39 verse 7 says, But now, or in some translations, and now, or what now? What do I put my hope in? Which is this question, this statement that sums up so much of the world at the moment. The chaos, the uncertainty, this, what do I put my hope in? And the psalm finishes, my hope is in you. Today I want to continue in that theme, this idea. And I want to look at the subject of the person of the Holy Spirit. That we can, we could, and in my opinion, we should put our hope in the person of the Holy Spirit. Let me start with a story. This week, I was stood up. I was meeting somebody for breakfast. We'd had some email correspondence over uh, a number of emails has gone back and forth. Where should we meet? What time? And this person said, it's a great place I really like for breakfast. Let's meet there. I didn't know the place, but I said yes. Uh, and I arranged to meet this person. I arrived at the right time. Uh, I walked in and there was hardly anyone there and seats were spaced out. And the person that greeted me showed me to an empty booth and said, would you like a drink? I said, no, it's fine. I'll wait because I'm meeting somebody. And then about 10 minutes went by and I thought, it's a You know, that happens. Some people run late, often. Um, He said, would you like a drink? The the, the waiter came back and I said, okay, yeah, I I will do this time. And and I sat there and had a drink and another 10 minutes went by and the waiter reappeared and said, would you like to see the menu? And I was hesitant because, hey, I'm meeting someone, but sure, I'll take a look. Another 10 minutes went by, waiter reappears, would you like to order? And I thought, well, okay, I guess I could order and the person will arrive, and I'm sure they'll arrive before the food arrives. And maybe they thought we said 9.30, and, and I read it as 9. I checked the email, and I was right. But anyway, I ordered, and sure enough, a few minutes later, the food appeared. I thought, what do I do? Shall I, if, if I eat and the person arrives, am I, is it awkward for me? But he's the one that's late. Anyway, uh, I don't like my breakfast to go cold, so I ate my food. And then about 45 minutes into the appointment, it dawned on me, this guy's not coming. I tried to phone his office. I wasn't getting, wasn't making contact. And I was annoyed. I was instantly annoyed because I'm busy and life is busy. And I'm trying to lead a church during a worldwide pandemic. And I've got kids that are going to school, kind of. And that's weird, and it's a challenge, and life isn't easy at the moment. This person hasn't arrived, and I was annoyed that I'd made time for this. And as I sat there in this booth and looked at this empty seat, there was this moment. I thought, you know what, for comedy, I'll show you a photo. I think the guys can put this on the screen. Here's here's the empty seat that I'm staring and looking at this space where somebody was meant to be 
sitting in and they didn't turn up and come back now. And as I was looking at this empty seat, suddenly I had this moment where it's as if God said, I'm trying to get your attention, Adam. What if I'm in the seat? What if the person of the Holy Spirit, who Jesus said would be with you always, is present? And for me, I'm just trying to go on to my next thing, aware that I've got 10 other things I need to do that day, and this one just didn't work. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, what if I'm with you? What if I'm trying to remind you of some things that I've been saying? And today I want to explore this idea that the Holy Spirit is with us. And if there's one sentence that you remember, and only one sentence you remember, I want you to hear this and I want you to remember this. Because I believe this is so true for you at this time. And the sentence is this, in the context of what now? You need the Holy Spirit now. You need the Holy Spirit now. You need the Holy Spirit now. Now, I'm aware when we talk about the Holy Spirit, for some people, they have ideas and connotations of what the Holy Spirit is or who the Holy Spirit is, and they're like, oh, I don't know about this. I once heard somebody say, and it was a church leader, uh, who said, I'm not having the Holy Spirit in this church. That's a startling statement. But the reason the person said that is because what they have had experienced or been portrayed as the Holy Spirit, they, they didn't like. I want to make a comment about that. We cannot fully understand the mind of God. And if we could, our experience and our understanding of God would be too small. So may I encourage you to be open to what at times you cannot understand. However, on the other extreme, there's times when people who know Jesus and love Jesus are kind of weird and they say, well, it's the Holy Spirit. Now, sometimes the Holy Spirit does do things that we can't understand and we need to be open to that. Sometimes people are just weird and not everything that happens that's weird is the Holy Spirit. But may I encourage you to be open. We're going to explore some passages on how Jesus introduced the importance of the Holy Spirit because I am convinced that you need the Holy Spirit now. Let me give you some context. If you are one of these persons, and you're a rare breed these days that write notes during sermons and talks, this is something I want you to remember. This is something that's worth writing down. The Bible presents the person and the role of the Holy Spirit as a continuation of the work of God the Father and Jesus the Son in the lives of the believer. I'm going to say that again. The Bible presents the person and the role of the Holy Spirit as a continuation of the work of God the Father and Jesus the Son in the lives of the believer. The Holy Spirit is essential, not just an optional extra, but is an essential that fills us and moves inside of us at that point when we receive Jesus. And there are frequent moments, and we see them in the story of the New Testament, where we are filled and refilled with the Holy Spirit. And if at this time in life you're feeling a little bit empty, 
my goodness, you need the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you a few examples and stories. For me, the Holy Spirit whispers more than he shouts. Recently, I saw somebody who had some car damage, and I felt the nudge, the whisper of the Holy Spirit say, give that person some money. Help them out. Two weeks ago, I was on a retreat. I had a few days away to pray, and there were some moments when I was sat quietly. For me, often I need to be quiet because it's hard to hear when there's so much noise, and in life there's a lot of noise. And in this quiet space, I felt the Holy Spirit remind me of the journey that I've been on in the last few years. And I felt the Holy Spirit show things to me to give attention to because the Holy Spirit wants to restore and rebuild and empower and energize. And I need that in my life. And the Holy Spirit empowers us. The Holy Spirit fuels us and feeds us and energizes us, and we need that. I try and make a point at the beginning of my day by praying, Holy Spirit, fill me. Forgive me, Jesus, for the things I've done wrong. Fill me afresh. I need you today. I recently heard somebody explain their, their quiet time, their prayers, their beginnings of the day like this. They said that they roll out of bed and often land on their knees. And pray, Holy Spirit, Father, Jesus, fill me afresh. I love that picture, that posture of rolling out of bed and beginning on our knees because we just don't know what the day has ahead. We need the Holy Spirit. Jesus began his ministry in Luke 4. And it says this of Jesus. As he began his ministry, he was led, he moved to the wilderness, and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then if you read on in Luke's gospel, you hear of miracles and teaching and incredible moments. We often love those moments, those highlights, those achievements. But we must recognize that it begins with Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit. If that's how Jesus begins his ministry, if that's how Jesus begins his day, then how much more should we recognize we need the Holy Spirit? If you've got your Bibles, turn with me. We're going to go from the book of Acts to the book of Luke, and we're going to expand this some more. Acts 10 verse 38 says this. God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed. God anointed Jesus and then he went about doing good because he was full. Jesus was the son of God, but he didn't endeavor to work on his own. He needed the Holy Spirit, and God knew that, so God sent the Holy Spirit and filled Jesus, and then he went about. This is an important lesson for us. Jesus cautioned, Jesus stored, Jesus told his followers to, to, to wait, to delay their endeavors until they too have a similar experience of the Holy Spirit. 
in Luke 24, verse 49, I believe this passage is going to be on the screen. Luke 24, verse 49, it says this, and this is Jesus speaking to his followers. And now, I like the word now because we need it now. I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised. Stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes on you and fills you with power from heaven. My goodness, we need that at the moment and we need it now, which is why I keep making the point. You need the Holy Spirit now. This passage talks about being filled. A biblical term that we know is anointed or baptized. When we hear the word baptism, we, we often think of the first baptism, the baptism of water. And baptism is required. It's essential. Baptism symbolizes an end and a new beginning. Almost like a death and a new life. A washing and a cleansing. And Jesus modeled water baptism. But if we consider the water baptism, and I want you to for a moment. John the Baptist who Amanda read about, this key important person, said this in all four of the Gospels, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He said this, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy even to untie. He will baptize you with water and with the Spirit. And with fire. There's this second baptism. The first one is repentance. We recognize we've done wrong and we need to put it right, and Jesus makes that possible. But John is saying, This is good, but what comes next, this second baptism, is more powerful. And it's going to be Jesus who offers it. Jesus says, It says this He will baptize you with Holy Spirit and with fire. It sounds incredible and it sounds remarkable, but yet at the same time, some people may be hesitant. They may be thinking, do I really need that? Can I get by without that? Some people try and get by without the filling, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They try and live based on good deeds or some Christian faith, but it's kind of dry and it's lacking. If you're hesitant, if you're cautious, may I ask you this question? And the clue is in the passage I've just read. Who is doing the baptizing? This baptism of the Holy Spirit, who is doing it? The answer is answered by John. I baptize with water, but after me comes one more powerful. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the one who is offering the gift. Jesus is the one who's offering this second baptism of the Holy Spirit. Aware that this will fill you and fuel you and energize you and change you. And you need that. You need the Holy Spirit now. The Holy Spirit changes people. I've used these words, these terms to be empowered, to be energized, to be fueled, to be fed. The Holy Spirit changes people. The Holy Spirit takes what was and changes to what could be. And it's often always better. In the Old Testament, in the first book of the Bible, we meet these two characters, Abram and Sarai. And God appears to them in a powerful way and God changes their names. 
Abram becomes Abraham and Sarai becomes Sarah. You might be thinking, why does God change someone's name? Is it like he doesn't like their name? And he's like, how about we make it better? Well, there's more going on. And the Holy Spirit's involved. I want to show you this. I want to expand this slightly. Abram means father exalted. Sarai means princess. Abram's name is changed. God adds this H-A, this ha. And Abram becomes Abraham. And in the original language, in the Hebrew, this new name means father of many. It's a picture of what will be. Abraham hasn't got a child, but God has given this picture, this prophecy, this promise that where you are at the moment isn't where you're going to stay. And instead of just being father exalted, you're going to be the father of many. And this promise, this prophecy, this dream is not just for Abram, but it's for Sarai too. Sarai, which means princess, she retains that element of princess. Her new name is Sarah. Also, there is this H-A, this ha sound, this H. And her new name means you will be the mother of many. Because the promise isn't just to the men and the woman is an assistant on the sideline. But the promise is to both of them that they will be the father and the mother of many. And the woman isn't less, but is equal and is required and is essential because they will become the father and the mother of many. This slight adjustment, this addition, this H-A, let me expand on this. This ha sound. In the original language of the day, in the Old Testament Hebrew, there are no vowels in the written Hebrew language. So in the original language, God is adding the equivalent Hebrew letter, the H, the ha. In the Hebrew, this letter also means ruah, R-U-A-H, which is this ancient Hebrew word that means spirit. God is adding his spirit, his Holy Spirit. And the spirit is God's creative power, which empowers, equips, fuels, and changes what happens next. And these two people who are old and who are not convinced that they're able to do this are equipped and fueled with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, the Ruah. And it brings life and it changes them. If the power of the Spirit upon someone's life can change them that much, which it can, then you need this too. You need the Holy Spirit now. Now, you may be watching this and say, well, I've received the Holy Spirit. There was a moment. And there is a moment when we come to Jesus, there is a moment when we're filled. In the story of the early church in the book of Acts, we read of this incredible moment where they are together. The people, the men, the women, all groups, racial groups, they're all together together. And there is this moment where the Holy Spirit is poured out and empowers them in a remarkable way. This occasion we know is called Pentecost. It's the beginning of the new church. It's what Jesus was saying, wait for this moment. But that moment doesn't just happen then. 
We'll put this passage on the screen. Acts 4 verse 31, which is later, which is after the Pentecost filling, says this. After they prayed in Acts 4 verse 31, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled again with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God boldly. This is a later occasion, and they are filled again. There is this filling that happened in the past tense, and there is this refilling that happens. And it always has a response. It changes what happens next, like Abram and Sarai being changed to what happens next. There is this frequent, reoccurring moment in the life of the believer in the early church. We read it many times in the book of Acts where there is a filling and a refilling and it's a fresh filling and it's a fresh energizing and it spurs them and sends them on and suddenly they're bold and God moves in powerful ways and I can't help read that and say I need that which is why when I consider the importance of the filling and the refilling that I say to you today you need the Holy Spirit now. You need that fresh filling. 2020 has been hard. It's been a tough year. Running, planning, educating children, of which many of us were not trained professionally to educate children. So many hours of conversations about uncertain outcomes that we can't predict and we don't control. And it's tiring and it's exhausting. We often like to give off the impression that we're strong and we're able and we've got it all going on and we can do it on our own. But if we're honest, and 2020 has exposed this in many of us, we are fragile. I recently visited somebody in hospital and you don't need to spend long in a hospital ward to see the fragility of life, where there are people that are hooked up to machines over here and there's other people having tests here and there's times you'll see a bed being with somebody laying in it and they're moving them from one part of the hospital to another part and you see a glimpse of the fragility of life because we are fragile. But yet when we come to God and when we say, Lord, I'm fragile, I'm empty, fill me afresh with your Holy Spirit, it changes us. Like it changed Abram and Sarai, like it changed the New Testament believers, it changes us. So may I ask you this question, not knowing the answer. Whose energy have you been relying on? Sometimes we look for all number of sources, entertainment or fun or our own ability and our own training and expertise, our own intellect. All those things exist and they're, they're good and God often was the one who put them there, but they're often not enough. And there are times when we find ourselves and we're fragile and we need the Holy Spirit. As I express this to you today i need to make a confession this message that i'm giving to you i'm giving to myself because i can't help but recognize because i can't pretend 
I need the Holy Spirit now. And it's with that awareness, with that requirement, with that self-need that I can say to you, you need the Holy Spirit now. This is so important. I want you to imagine for a moment what your life might look like. We've seen the impact on others. We hear stories of other people's experience in Scripture. We see these massive characters, Abraham and Sarah in the Old Testament. And in the New Testament, we read and we're familiar with these stories of what happened in the early church. We read the stories of Jesus in the gospel and everything that he did. And we see that all of these stories begin with this common theme that there is this moment where they're filled and refilled with the Holy Spirit. Imagine your life. If you have moments where you roll out of bed and land on your knees and pray, Jesus, today I need you, send your Holy Spirit afresh. Imagine your life full, not just kind of half full or 20% full, but full with the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Imagine what might happen in your days. And for those that call this church your church, and for those that don't call this church your church, whatever church setting you are in, imagine what your church might look like. Imagine what this church might look like if we begin saying, Father, send your spirit afresh. Fill us afresh. May we be full. May we be fueled. May we be empowered. Imagine what that could look like. As a person who has the role and responsibility to, to lead and to coordinate, may I tell you, we need the Holy Spirit. We can't do it on our own. It's a silly idea. It's not going to work the same. I need the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit now. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. We're going to pause and we're going to sing a song. We're going to sing a song that may be familiar. It's a song that expresses our need where we say, Holy Spirit, you are welcome now. I want to encourage you to pray. This is something that we're going to do together, but this is something I want you to do in your individual setting. If you haven't ever received Jesus, if you haven't ever received the Holy Spirit, the first experience, the first moment, the first baptism is to recognize I've messed up. I've fallen short. Feel me, Jesus, and forgive me. And then if, like many of us, you have experienced and received Jesus, and you've experienced and received the Holy Spirit, then today I want to encourage you to receive the Holy Spirit new and fresh in this moment, in the now that is the only moment that you're living in. It's now. So pray with me. Holy Spirit, you are welcome because I need you now. Simple prayer. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. I need you now. Feel me, fuel me, and empower me in the now. I'm going to invite the worship team and they're going to come and pray. Just stay with us for a moment. Pray if you're comfortable. For you, it may be that you need to stand. You may need to open your arms. For some, you may be watching this and you need to drop to your knees. And may I encourage you to do that. May I encourage you to recognize you can't do this on your own. You weren't made to do that. We are fragile. 
But when we're full of the Holy Spirit, we can be empowered. We can change the world around us. We're made to do that. We're called to do that. And it's the Holy Spirit that fuels us. So pray. Pray however you need to pray. Pray the simple prayer I prayed. And let's sing. Let's worship. Let's invite the personal Holy Spirit to fill us now.